Welcome to Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're the podcast that covers everything pop culture and beyond the multiverse. Are you ready to get your geek on? Crank up the DeLorean, warm up the proton packs, toss a coin to your Witcher, and deep dive into your favorite plate of chimichangas. This is Pop X Cast. Listening to Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. Welcome everybody. This is Pop X Cast, episode 116, coming to you on this Sunday night, February the 21st, 2021. Look at Team Pop X. Oh my gosh, you guys are looking great tonight. Lindsay's got that. Look at that Pop X shirt, Lindsay Sporting. Now that is a girl with some swag right there. What's up, Lindsay Badger? What's going on? Happy uh, Sunday to everybody. Yes. How's it going? It's going good. It's going really good. I um I've had a really great weekend. Uh, my buddy in the other window over here, Mike, was here in uh, Orlando this past weekend, so we got to hang out here at the house. We were social distancing. We were being safe, so we got to hang out uh, privately and have a little meal together. And guess what? We got to watch WandaVision seven together. Oh Ooh, man, nice. is that not a great? Episode? So it was so cool getting to watch WandaVision seven with my wife and Mike. Uh, so it was like a first for us. It was a good experience. It was a great experience. Sweet. But um, anyway, it was a really great weekend and all of that. So uh, what do you guys, anything new to report? I know, Austin, you, you're increasing in numbers. You had a really great live stream earlier today talking about all kinds of cool stuff and a bunch of super chats that I was kind of following through. Had some really great questions on that, too. Is that something that you're continuing to do every Sunday on your on your stream? Yeah, I mean that that's the plan is to to stick to the Sunday schedule. Uh, sometimes I'll go off. Sometimes I had you on last week. You did. I enjoyed Tom. that live stream. That, I enjoyed that, that a lot. So much fun. All I mean, those it nerd was... bombs being yes. dropped left and right. You could not possibly <laughs> oh, not man. enjoy that stream. It was 
brilliant. Oh well, man! And I guess I guess we were doing something right too, because it's actually one of the most successful live streams I've had in terms of viewership and people sticking around and watching. Say what? Uh, people love WandaVision, dude, but they were loving your knowledge and your info. So that was so much fun, and um, we're gonna have to do it again when everything wraps up. I would be delighted to, man. You know, you know, the crap gets real when Joe breaks out the encyclopedia of Marvel comics. <laughs> it's about to get freaking real, and I'm pulling comics out of my binders. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome, dude. And, you know, was, thank you. There was nerd theories being thrown <laughs> yeah, left and right. There were things oh. bouncing off the walls and across the room. Oh, my God. It was, it was so a, fun. A magical moment. But be able to make sure you check out Austin Burke's channel. Uh, he does a live every Sunday. But he, he's going live all the freaking time. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's posting like 37 videos a day. This kid is working his tail off over here. Speaking of which, you know, before we get into our official openings here, I, I was I was looking through Twitter and I found an assemblage. Oh, no. I oh, <laughs> oh no. well there was this there was this picture that came through on social media this week and it was a picture that I really wasn't familiar with because I've seen a lot of Jack Kirby's artwork I've seen a lot of Todd <laughs> McFarlane I've seen some of the Jim Lees the Eric Larsons but I've never oh. seen this so for the first time our viewers is going to actually see this now Austin and Lindsay you're not and Mike you're not going to be able to see this right here in the in the live room where we're at but our viewers are going to get to see something pretty amazing here now can you tell me exactly what is going on in this picture and why does wolverine have forks for knives oh, break this down to me is this and why is steve rogers in levi's <laughs> so uh, okay. and what is up with devinger why is De <laughs> why is devinger in a gym outfit <laughs> this is my mindset the, the mindset behind this was I'm going to mix his Avengers costume with oh, his sweet Lord. Uh, Captain America, the first Avengers costume. Cause you know, he had like the, the, the more rugged look to him, but I, I told my mom to go buy some colorful duct tape. Oh my we're gonna, God. We're going to do the whole thing out of duct tape. I went and bought a toy Captain America Frisbee Dude. and a toy mask from the kids section that Dude. wouldn't fit my face, which is why I had to buy the Under Armour head sleeve. So. Oh dude, seriously, you have, you have AC thermal duct tape on your yeah. shirt. This isn't just this okay. is this is amazing, dude. Keep in mind, what is this? Early nineties? Oh, I don't know what we're looking at here. I, I, I what, it was when, a rough year. I don't know, well, man. Maybe this was the Avengers cut that you know never got. We we got a better picture of this amazing. Um, uh, I want to just get in on the detail here, if I could, and just let's look at the plastic shield here. I, I never remember <laughs> Steve Rogers' shield being so tiny. Um, is that because yeah, you're, is that because you're just so big in stature? Yes. Well, it's it's the size comparison. So you have this <laughs> massive body holding this tiny shield. So it does look smaller on Good camera. God. Um, but it's also because you know it's it's a very powerful shield. So it's not like I needed all that much to throw in the first place. Wow. You know what I mean? You know. But we went and we actually found um, the vibranium to create that shield. So wow. it was, it was well, the the, the the Walmart uh, George leather belt going across the chest is is it for me? That was uh, <laughs> that was just amazing well, and. <laughs> <laughs> we're back on the main screen now but oh my gosh dude i saw that and i was like brilliant avengers disassemble oh, oh wait, wait and i i told you this before the show but it was it was heroes night at the football game so me and my two nerdy friends were under the impression it was superheroes no we were the only three dressed as superheroes no everyone else was they were police officers <laughs> firefighters nurses you know actual heroes and we're walking oh, into with my frisbee and i'm like Oh no! Oh, and everybody goes, gosh. "Oh no!" So we walk in, and everybody starts laughing because they know we're stupid anyway. 
Oh, what a night, man. What a night that was. God bless you, dude. God <laughs> bless you. That's all I got for you. The most me thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, if this is, if uh, that was crazy, thanks for letting us share that. I, I don't think you really had much of a voice in the matter. Um, <laughs> but open us up, Austin, to this week's episode, if you don't mind. Oh, my goodness. All right, guys. Well, welcome to Pop X. Where science fiction meets pop culture, I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian geek at heart. Uh, we would like to welcome everyone joining us live in the popx.live chat room. Come hang out with us. Join the conversation at popxcast.com. This is your first time tuning into PopX. First 20 minutes or so, we run down the headlines since our last show, and we dive into the show topic at the halfway point. We have a really good episode mm-hmm. and the introduction of a new segment this week. I can't wait to do it. I know. It's going to be excited. I am your host, Joseph Burke, Central Florida's seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. have no idea why I'm talking like that, but uh, we're part of an amazing network of creative collectives from a vast expanse known only as the Creative Multiverse. Now, this network of creatives is lightly sprinkled with talent that even surpasses what our own imaginations could begin to fathom. For more information, the Creative Multiverse is on Facebook as a Facebook group. Just search at the Creative Multiverse. And we're also on, why am I doing this? I have no idea. But we are at the Creative Multiverse on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to check us. Check out that facebook group we just completed art you worry last month some really good artwork to catch up on so hope you guys get connected with us there and uh just a quick note that we're hosting our second oh well never mind we just we did it yeah you're you're up lindsey badger yeah are we celebrating archuary all over we can if you want (laughs) i mean we can just do it just Just do it all over just do it one more time over we can just do it all do it for me (laughs) yeah well you met these two knuckleheads um i am also a host for the evening my name is Lindsay badger and some people may consider me your favorite geeky yoki not that's okay we'll get to know each other and i'll change your mind um if you missed episode (laughs) 115 we hung out with a really really cool group last time um the blue man group orlando for well farewell show we got to speak with a lot of the fan base there and hear some really cool stories and share some memories of all the years past and how everybody in this close-knit little community is really going to miss having that show in orlando but we also have high hopes that they will continue in other places across the country and around the world. Thank so you. I do if too. If you missed that, please go back and watch it. It was really yeah. sweet. It was a good show. Oh, that's so kind of you to say that, Lindsay. Thank oh, you. Oh, you're welcome. And also, let's not forget, because we have to have this reminder every week, because it's super important for us. After tonight's show, after the live ends, I want you guys to do us a favor. Go over to Google Play or iTunes. Make sure you click on the subscribe button. You can also do it on YouTube too while you're here. Click Just, it. You know, while you're waiting. Just click it or tick it. <laughs> you know, you can do that. Click it or tick it. Um, while you're there, make sure you check on our archive of shows in the Pop X archive. It's amazing, fun, good, geeky goodness all over the place in there. Um, while you're doing reviews, five star ratings are always a plus, and we like that as well. I'm sorry, I just to- me and Austin like. You guys are like... We're, we're orally okay. fixating on our microphone devices. <laughs> orally fixating. Right, I don't have the bobblehead motion that Joe had. So oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not nearly as good. Yeah, that's about as close as I can get for you there. Spider Hulk. Oh, look, you got... Oh, oh, yes, you got Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Bob. Oh, that's my gosh. my boy. 
He talks right, too, but we won't be uh, yeah, we won't including be done him in our shows. Happy little trees. So, All right, guys, uh, we have, um, <laughs> well, thank you, Lindsay Badger. And uh, we're going to go ahead and continue on with the news this week. Uh, don't go anywhere. We will be right back in just a moment. Uh, we got PopX News and a brand new segment. Holy cow, we hope you didn't forget about the brand new segment. You're looking at the title and you're like, what is going on? What is up with this? Well, you're about to find out. Don't go nowhere. News is coming up. Extra, extra. Read all about it. This is Pop X News. Coming to you live right here on popxcast.com. Wow, that gif. Oh, good. <laughs> what is going to our audience on? That uh, the Muppet Show is now live streaming on Disney it is. Plus. All yes. of the seasons. Who, who yes. has seen? Who has seen the Muppet Show? Have you guys watched oh, any yeah. of it oh, yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. have fully <sighs> inducted my son into the fan club of Muppet Show, cool. and I am a proud mom. There you go. Aww. That's amazing. <laughs> well, guys, we had some really cool stuff kick off this week. Uh, earlier in the week, the first Mortal Kombat movie trailer for the rebooted film is finally here and oh my god i watched it and i had to watch it like 10 more times after that and it's got all the fights all the fatalities it's pure yeah. mortal Kombat. it's fan service it's crazy and it's everything essentially that we would have hoped for in a film like mortal Kombat. and uh, sub-zero scorpion melina and many more iconic fighters from mortal Kombat's universe make an appearance as we get our first look at the live action That'll support a new and original Mortal Kombat story. So they're kind of mixing a little bit with the comic book lore, a little bit of the video game lore, and then a little bit of some new stuff along the way. And they're just kind of throwing it in there as a cool. I appreciate that, too. I think it's something fresh, something that the fans are not expecting. I think that's that's a smart way to go for I this kind Sub-Zero of film. I think made a promo visit through Oklahoma last week. Dude, I'm telling you, you guys got freaking snowmageddon we up in there. We were colder than Alaska a couple of days. Yeah, there's there's terms I, I would say colder than, and we could fill in the blanks, but we're not going to on this podcast. Fill it in with whatever you want. Yeah, it's going to be cold, I'm no. telling you right now. <laughs> but uh, Mortal Kombat is not only the uh, original, but it's a reboot to the MK film franchise. Now, if you remember back in the 90s, they did uh, create one that created the iconic Mortal Kombat soundtrack <laughs> that we all know. But it will be available in both theaters and on HBO Max. Now, Austin, did you see the Mortal Kombat trailer this week? Anybody? Did our fans see uh, the Mortal Kombat trailer? I lost it. I lost <laughs> my mind. I It was so good. I, and I wasn't expecting it to be that good. Like, the original film... I think has a lot going for it. Clearly, mm. it's it's cheesy, but I think it embraces that, and it's still to this day one of the best comic or uh, video game movies of all time. I agree. This you're mixing all of that magic with, I mean, it's not the best CGI we've seen, but if you look at what their budget actually was, thirty to forty million. Yeah, it wasn't the CGI that much. is actually really incredible yeah. for what they're doing. Uh, the combat, the action, the blood, the fatalities, the lines, guys. It is. I mean, we could be looking at the best video game movie of all time. With this I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I had to rewatch this thing like 10 times because there were just yeah. so much Easter eggs. I mean, I think I saw Reptile in one of the scenes. We <laughs> see Jax. Uh, I mean, uh, just the cast. Uh, it's just unreal. Oh, and, and we can't forget about Kano. Um, you know, it's amazing. And it's just like fan service to friends and fans of the franchise of the video games that's been here since, you know, the early 90s, 94, I do believe. Yeah. And uh, it was amazing, and, and I, I loved it. And you're right, you know, the CGI may not be the top, but you know what? I can easily overlook that if the story is enough to capture me. And I do feel that they, they dropped this trailer, and I do I'm believe sorry. there's enough nuggets there that this movie is going to sustain viewers for the long haul, for sure. Yes, uh, Lindsay, did you, see the, uh, did you see the trailer this week? 
I think I missed it. And I'm I'm gonna I'm wanting to go back after the show tonight and go watch it. I know, right? It's been yeah. a kind of a funky week, y'all. Give me give me a break. I'll give you a break. Um, <laughs> I don't have a Kit Kat or I would, but you know, I know, there's I, that. Know, oh. I know. Oh but um it sounds and looks amazing from what I'm hearing from you guys. So I'm definitely well, if you're a fan of the video game, this movie is like literally watching a video game. Well, I do have good fond memories of picking butt on that video game in the yeah. arcade. All right, let's 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 nice. test Lindsay Badger. This is off the cuff. Your favorite fatality, or oh, no? I didn't have like moves memorized. What, I just what about your favorite character? What about your favorite character? Okay, all right, all right. Do you putting, okay, what right. mine okay. would be. Who? Mine is mine is Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion uh, is my guy. Get over yeah, here probably. all day long. Yeah. Get over all oh, that line delivery in the trailer. Get over it here. It could have been a little deeper, but <laughs> yeah. I'm like, they actually went for it. Yeah. I think they did a good job of it. So I agree. I, I agree. It was yeah. pretty awesome. Well, moving on, Austin, what else we got in the news this week? All right. We're talking The Flash, but we're talking Jay Garrick, Ooh. played by John Wesley Shipp Ooh. on The Flash, may have had uh, his connection to Earth Prime severed following the events of CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. But the hero is set to return in an upcoming episode of Stargirl. Interesting. That means uh, that that Garrick, uh, as in the comics, will now exist on Earth 2, and Earth 2 much more similar to its original comic roots um, than the one originally seen on The Flash. At the end of the crisis, the heroes of Earth Prime were led to believe that the rest of the multiverse had been eradicated, but audiences were clued in. It was still there, just out of reach. Garrick plays a role in a pivotal flashback episode that establishes his membership uh, in Earth 2's, I love this, Justice mm-hmm. Society of America, uh, a team previously seen on the series. Garrick's helmet has popped up on the show already, but producers had stopped short of answering whether it would be ship or not, or a different actor entirely, uh, who eventually uh, played the part if he appeared so I am very, very, very behind on this series. And yeah. all of the series is on the CW. But I do like to pop in every now and then, and I still have an affection and affinity for uh, his interpretation of The Flash. And really just yeah. The Flash show was the one that I always focused on. So mm-hmm. are you guys excited to see this happen? Well, I'm ex- I always... I, I always felt like the, the the series, The Flash, more specifically than the other ones, were very well written. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the storylines very much flowed even in and out of all of their crossovers still had a continuation that was yeah. was still intriguing even after all of this time i agree a thousand percent i think uh the flash for me was one of the one of the more well written of the cw series and uh i'm a huge john wesley ship fan um because i mean i go back this was on the cusp you know you think 1989 batman tim burton came out just the yeah. following year they got the idea what if we can create a dark you know, kind of world where the Flash, Barry Allen, can live, and that's where John Wesley Shipp's yeah. character came in. So and cool. He just knocked it out of the park. Mind you, uh, Mark Hamill was the trickster on that old show yes. back in the day. And so yeah. there's a lot of, like, crossover and a lot of good um, things that they can do, and I'm just glad to see John Wesley still being used, still yes. being recognized as a force to be reckoned with, and kind of cool to see him as Jay Garrick, the return of Jay Garrick. So I'm extremely happy with that. For sure. But uh, yes, indeed, Badger. Okay, I'm kind of excited about this okay, you go for it. here that I get to share. Go for it. All right, so we're uh, talking a little bit of WandaVision um, Easter eggs. In this most recent episode, the breaking 
of the fourth wall. The um, series provides, well, not a Stanley cameo exactly, but they found a way to include him there in spirit for anybody who was probably looking. Because, you know, th this this series of episodes requires you to basically freeze frame every screenshot possible to mm -hmm. dig through the, the little Easter eggs that are nestled in here. And this is no exception whatsoever. Um, the entrance the 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 opening sequence which you guys recognize what it was mimicking the office a little bit oh, much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah so the open sequences goes through a variety of different kind of potential logos and, and features wanda's name in a bunch of different ways and the one that really stood out was this boring old plain white <laughs> license plate on the back of a car and do you guys notice these numbers on top yeah i noticed the numbers immediately but i couldn't put them it, together it is 122822 yeah. is the abbreviated form of Stanley's birthday. No. Nice. December 28th, 1922 is his birthday and so they yeah. gave him a little homage there which was super cool. Um Lee and longtime collaborator Jack Kirby were credited with the creation of the Scarlet Witch and her brother Quicksilver who appeared first in 1964's X-Men number 4. The Vision, Wanda's co-lead in the series, was created by Roy Thomas and John Buscema. Buscema, mm -hmm. okay. yep. Um, years later in an issue with the Avengers. So um, this so is cool. just kind of like, I love the little nods mm -hmm. to everything. It just makes me giddy. Yeah. Every yeah. time I see something new pop up. <laughs> Literally every frame of WandaVision is completely littered with just amazing, just fan service. Yeah. Just either a nod to a previous film, a nod to a comic book, something that's not even in the MCU yet. And you're just, you're just, I'm blown away that they can pack so much in. You think about one, being a writer, you know, one thing is having a script. Another thing is being a prop placement person. That to think about how these, <laughs> these nods have got to fit the script and they got to be placed in such the right way. And oh my gosh, my mind. level of research. Yes. Put yeah. into yes. knowing all the storylines for all the characters and how they intertwine and why that reference is significant because they know the fan base is going to pick up on that. Or Google it or find it or, or yeah. figure it out mm -hmm. one way or yes. another is just mind blowing. It is mind blowing. I can't wait to talk more about WandaVision here coming up very shortly. Yes. I just I mean, there's just so much things that me and Austin's already talked about, but it's I'm just bubbling at the seams about it. But uh that's a definitely an awesome one. We got another one final um, news for you this week. Uh, two beloved classic superhero films are making their way to the comics as DC has just announced the Worlds of Batman 1989 and Superman 1978. Oh my gosh, are getting their very own digital first series kicking off July. Richard Donner's Superman, the movie, and Tim Burton's the original Batman will make the jump to the world of comics at the helm will be Rob Vendetti and artist Wilfredo Torres for Superman 78, while screenwriter Sam Hamm and artist Joe Keonis will head up Batman 1989. Oh, my. Look at the cover art. Crazy. Please. Oh, my God, that Batman one. Oh, <laughs> dude. All right, so both wow. series will pick up where the films left off. What? Holy cow. And you can check out the covers of the official descriptions for both Both of them are essentially right here in front of you. The official description for Batman 89 reads, Continuing the twisted adventures of DC's Dark Knight from Tim Burton's seminal classic Batman movies, 
Batman 89 brings in screenwriters Sam Hamm, Batman, Batman Returns, and artist Joe Quijones, that's uh, Dial H for Hero, to pull in on a number of threads left dangling by the prolific director. So there's some loose threads there. The gothic mentality behind the world, while still rooted is a sense of realism, helped inform many of DC's global fans' first impression on the Dark Knight's Gotham. In the new Batman 89 comic, Ham and Keonis will help usher in the return of Selina Kyle, Catwoman, mm -hmm. and will debut the new Robin. Interesting. Plus, Keonis has a new version of Harvey Dent, Two-Face, that is close to movie magic as a comic can get. Oh, that's cool. Oh, my gosh. I got to go to my local comic book shop and put these in my subs because I want both of these covers ASAP. And I would not be opposed if I had that Batman poster hanging up in my, my room in my man cave. I'm just going to say that. Really cool I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> it's also important, too, because we know that Keaton's Batman right now is supposedly coming back for Flashpoint. True. So this will be a great way to fill in the gaps because, obviously, they're stopping with returns. Mm -hmm. Not counting the other two, yep. thank God. And uh, we're going to be able to fill in some of those gaps. So when we see him again on screen, mm. we now know the context that we didn't get from the film. So I think this is brilliant. It Absolutely is. brilliant. I love it's it. It's a good move on DC's part, I do believe, to be able to create yes. some backstory. And also, too, when you can get the reader in the shop that's buying the book, yeah. Nine times out of ten, they're going to go see the movie or watch the oh, movie. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So, you know, yeah, you're going to sure. eat it up. It's like, yeah, it's just, I don't even want to dive down that rabbit hole, but you already know what yes. I'm talking. I'm preaching to the choir here. Absolutely. But um, amazing stuff there. And so that's going to wrap it up for this week's uh, news headlines. And we're going to actually transition to our brand new segment. We've been getting questions over in the chat. What is Retro Rewind? I, I don't know what it is. Can you help me? Can you help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> We're going to serve you up a big helping of it here in just a second. Yes, we are. So stick tuned. Stay tuned. I don't know why I say stick tuned. I don't know. Stick tuned. Hashtag. Let's do it. Hashtag stick tuned. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be right back on the Retro Rewind. Retro Rewind. And that is the new Retro Rewind uh, opening. And I want to let everybody know that we are talking, what is the Retro Rewind? We're talking about movies from the 80s. Now, these movies, well, specifically, we might jump decades once we get moving on with this. But from 1980 to 1989, anything that was shot and filmed as a cinematic movie in that era uh, can be reviewed on this. So we're going to be doing every two weeks. We're going to try. We're going to see how this goes because it's going to be kind of hard to get all, all the movies to all four people of Team Pop X, but we're going to do our best. We're kicking it off with Big Trouble in Little China. And so what we do is we collectively, as a group, all four of us, will watch this movie, and we're going to spend just a few short minutes talking about it and its impact on the decade, and maybe how did the movie, how did you, what did you get out of it? So that is the Retro Rewind. We're taking a look at cinema of yesteryear, bringing it into light, today essentially so um you know I i'll say for right off the bat big trouble in little china for me it was one of those movies when it came on the movie channel back in 1985 here's a crazy thing now austin you might be too young for this but oh, yeah. we got 
in 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 the eighties, you would get these three month free movie channel preview months. You would get it, and you would be able to have the movie channel for three months, and that's it. And it may not come back for another two years. Well, in those oh. three months, I'd be able to watch all the movies I could because you know my mom and dad, you know, we didn't we couldn't afford a lot, so we we did our best to try to make ends meet. And so in that three months, when the movie channel was in pre preview or whatever you wanted to call it. They would show like Superman. They would show like, you know, Big Trouble in Little China, all the and Die cool. Hard, all the crazy movies uh, from all the, the top era. Blockbuster movies. The blockbusters, the man. And I was just like soaking this up. Howard the Duck. That's the first time I saw Howard the Duck was on that. My parents my parents would go out and buy like the super pack of the VHS tapes and we would have oh, the, the, the VCR super going pack. for yeah. like Dude. a whole month. Just and then the, we would just rewatch those movies over and over. Just the <laughs> fact you said the super pack takes me back to like the blockbuster era when you would buy the yes. packs of three for five dollars. Remember that? That's crazy. But anyway, so we're looking at the Big Trouble in Little China, and this was a film that um, when I first saw it, I was just mesmerized. Number one, for for anybody that knows me, I'm a I'm a John Carpenter nut. I love everything from Big Trouble in Little China to Halloween to The Thing. Uh, you just, you, it just keeps going on. Es- Escape from L.A., Escape from New York. John Carpenter is a freaking beast when it comes to 80s movies. The man created gore and cinema that was just unparalleled. And not only did he write and direct most of these movies, he also scored them himself. So he wrote the musical score to his own movies which was amazing. I mean, the guy is a one-stop machine. And then Big Trouble in Little China come on the scene in 1985. And it was just... So let me back up just for a second and give you guys a little history on this. Between 81... Let me back up. Maybe 82 to 86, there was this infusion of Chinese culture into American society. You know, you think about movies like Blade Runner. Uh, You know, you got Decker going up and grabbing doodles and everything's kind of, you know, got the oriental vibe. Think of Bloodsport specifically. Um, I think Big Trouble in Little China was definitely one of those movies that that catered to that Chinese influence because we were just so encapsulated with Chinese culture. That's why you got a lot of kung fu movies back in the 80s. That's why you got The Karate Kid. That's a big one. Can't go, can't miss that one. And then Big Trouble in Little China is kind of one of those ones that kind of just falls on the on the plane of that and 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 blows it up, blows the lid off because of all the special effects. And uh, you throw in Kurt Russell, who is a John Carpenter favorite. And uh, because Kurt Russell played Snake Bliskin, and also he played uh, in The Thing as well. as uh, an 80s favorite in general. McCarthy, I I think it was his name, McCarthy. (laughs) But um, so, yeah, I mean, these two, it was like Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. If you think about Tim Burton and Johnny Depp from the the late 80s and the 90s, every time Tim Burton did a movie, Johnny Depp was cast. Every time John Carpenter did a movie, Kurt Russell would be cast. You see the connection there? Mm-hmm. So that was it. Before before I go too much, I want to give a little backstory to the movie because you can tell I'm extremely passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Austin, what was your take on the film? Yeah, well, so I had only seen it one time all the way through, but it was a long time ago. So I remember enjoying it, but I, I couldn't really put the pieces together of whether I actually like really got anything out of it or not. So I went back and, and started watching it, and the first thing that jumped out to me is the fact that John Carpenter – is known for being a horror director. That's just what he's known for, right? Mm-hmm. But I think he does just as good of a job with this crazy mesh of genres. I mean, obviously, you have action, you have uh, fantasy, you have all of these creatures. The practical effects is something that 
is maybe some of the best he's ever done. The the explosion there at the end, I thought was just brilliant. I just loved it. <laughs> but um, he just, you know, this is a movie that it feels like a cartoon uh, come to life and on the outside looking in, you shouldn't be able to mix all of these different genres and it work. Yeah. This is maybe the one of the only movies I've ever seen that works extremely well, but it, it combines things that you would never imagine that would go together. You yeah. know, you have this rough and rugged Kurt Russell character. You have, like you said, the, the uh, pure essence of culture all throughout the movie. And then you have the fantasy aspect. Yeah. And a little bit of horror thrown in there as well, because it's John Carpenter, mm -hmm. that all just comes together so well. And this weird team that assembles <laughs> that you're just rooting for at the end. Yeah. And when it comes to the third act, it's some of the coolest action scenes I've ever seen, oh, yeah. ever, in yeah. a movie. It was so much fun, and I couldn't believe the amount of fun I had. Because I won't lie to you, Joe, I was nervous going into this movie. Really? Because I, I was nervous because... What I could remember was like, ah, it's just really cheesy. And it is cheesy. It is. But instead of just being too much, too on the nose, it doesn't really know what it wants. No, it knows exactly what it wants to be. It embraces that. And man, I had a great, yeah. I had a great time watching this movie. It was awesome. so, I couldn't believe this is only the second time I've seen it. That's awesome. That's, see, that's exactly what we wanted, you know, because uh, these kinds of films do, uh, yes, it knows it's a cheesy film. It oh, knows absolutely. it beyond the shadow of a doubt. There is, yeah. there is some deep, sharp cheddar involved in the making of this film <laughs> but the fact of the matter is it's so cohesive how it works and this i think the soundtrack really really complements the film as oh well before i uh, awesome. talk talk a little bit about it particularly i want to get Lindsay badger's take on it i'm almost embarrassed to say anything oh no <laughs> oh god black panther strikes again here we go oh <laughs> Oh, shoot. No, nothing um, can this, be as bad as that. You guys are right. This movie is the extra large can of spray cheese of movies. It is. It's okay. I mean, yeah. it's, really, that's totally really fine. You needed like, to double up, double fist the cheese whiz. Double fist the cheese whiz. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know that I've probably seen this movie at least one other time in my life, and I think I intentionally forgot it. And I was thankful that I did, but then I got to watch it again. So um, <laughs> I wasn't exactly sure of the storyline I was getting myself into. I was like, okay, Kurt Russell, I kind of am familiar with like his style of movies and kind of the characters he likes to play. So I was expecting something with, you know, an alpha male sort of role, but he's like takes it over the top with the arrogance. And so that was a little bit difficult for me to swallow for a long <laughs> period does. of time. There's no humbling moments for him. He just consistently is a jerk face, essentially. <laughs> and um, and then it started getting really confusing when you started seeing these flashing lights and weird oozing puppet things. And I didn't know if I was on a really scary, like, mushroom trip of Muppet show or or what was happening and then i was like okay then there's this asian fighting thing going on and there's a demon that has to marry two people and essentially it's only one her but... arm and i don't is this vampires is this kung fu i'm confused it's all of it it is <laughs> it really is it's all, all of it all over confused on what's and then why why of all the people to be the hero does it have to be a truck driver i don't even understand that where that like a truck driver comes and 
plays a round of poker. What's well, a pork chop express? He's bringing he he's bringing pigs to San Francisco, you know. <laughs> it is just so random and all over the place. Now, I have I, I'm not going to bash on your childhood there, Joe. Yeah, you won't. I I I, I'm, I really don't want to tap dance on your childhood memories because I've gone back and watched some of my beloved childhood movies that I have rated so highly mm -hmm. and then gone back and watched them again as an adult oh, and mm -hmm. been significantly let down. Yeah. Cat in the hat. So, <laughs> Mike Myers. so Grew up with that I, I, I get the feeling <laughs> of the nostalgia and the, and the, the, the heartfelt warmth towards the movie that yeah. you may have, but it just didn't land for me. There was hmm. a lot of hot mess happening through it consistently that yeah. I just didn't really connect with the movie as well as probably I would have if I was 15 years younger and in the 80s. Okay. <laughs> so All right. I know I, res I respect right that. There. We'll leave it there. I did like the music though. I did like the music. Okay. Mike Ippolito, where are you at? You want to share your story on uh, Big Trouble? Is there anything you want to divulge and release to the to the fan base? Uh, I, I don't I don't demons. I don't <laughs> I don't think I asked him if he wanted to share but I want to see if he wants to share well, I'm going to be short because uh, I haven't seen this movie in years and uh, due to taking some vacation the last week I haven't had a time to sit down uh, and watch this over again so I will have to yield my time on this and uh, <laughs> I so, yield so I yield time, this is the first segment now I've done screwed it up oh, oh no all right. no you're no, fine screw ups here there's no screw-ups here, man. There's no obligations in doing this stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Austin hit the nail on the head. It knows it's a cheesy movie. It knows yeah. it's crazy. It's a combination of vampire and Chinese lore and, and a snarky, smart-ass smart truck driver, you know. And, uh, and, and, that's, and Lindsay's response was the response I was afraid I, I was going to have because I've seen countless 80s films. And honestly, we may... For me. We may hit on a few of them. There, there are a couple that I don't like that everybody else likes, but this is one that I, I truly believe just embraces that. And if it wasn't Carpenter, I think I would have been in that camp because it is just, it, I use the word hodgepodge. It's yeah. a hodgepodge it's of different genres. It is, but I think it's, it's very aware. And it, it almost, it, it lives and breathes <clears throat> like, like a Saturday morning cartoon. Kind of. Almost. Yeah, it I does. Get that. It does it, and I like the idea of this random because this that was almost an '80s trope, right? You pull, you pluck this random figure out of a truck driver or or an employee or this and that, and he just goes on this wild adventure. I mean, the Ferris Bueller, I'm sure will watch it. He's just a random <laughs> kid. He gets away with everything. Did anyone, yeah. Did anyone notice that one of the little floating creatures looked like the coronavirus? Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> the the Sentinel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if we're going to rate this movie, what do you think we guys? What would let's do a one out of ten? What would you rate the film? I'm going to start with Austin. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go seven point eight. Really? Uh, eight. I I really am. I I think it's genuinely. And I thought, you know, before watching the movie, I thought it would have had a divisive just based on what I remember from it. But no, it's actually a really good score on IMDb. A, great score on Letterboxd. I was actually really surprised with how well received. And then I watched the film and I'm like, huh, it's so <laughs> self-aware. And I, and I really, so I'm going to go 7.8 out of nice. 10. I think it's nice. a really good movie. Lindsay Badger. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. So it's not like a zero. I don't know. I would be like 
three and a half. That's fine. Okay. I think that's that's, that's, okay. that's good. Okay. I think I, like I would go. Honesty. I think yeah, yeah. At least you're honest about it. Uh, I would go with probably with a seven point five on my okay. end on on the eighties movies. I just I, I get into the cheese, man. I can't help it. I, I am a sucker for a good cheesy campy movie, especially when it's got yeah. John Carpenter's name attached to it. Yes. I'm sorry, but I'm a fan of Carpenter. Um, but uh, if you guys enjoy the retro rewind, we're going to try to do this every other week. And next week's uh, movie, we're going to be doing the Never Ending Story. Uh, which is a huge f- hit of the 80s. I mean, it is, yes. you're, you're combining fantasy and, and a great story uh, underlying theme there as well. So get ready for that. That's going to be coming up on March. Uh, we'll be doing the never-ending story. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Uh, so I can hear the song in my head right now. Turn around. Anyway. <laughs> look at, all right, so we're going to get into the main cr- uh, premise of the show. We have about 25, 30 minutes to talk about WandaVision. And, oh, look at that. Darth Baca said he's going to give it an eight over in the chat room. Thank you. got Alex yeah. Lopez, John Poffer, and Barger. Uh, we got the whole cast and crew. It's Mateo, nice. Jay Tier. What's up, guys, in the What's in the PopX chat room? Hey. All right, so we're going to switch in. We're going to roll the spoiler alert. We're going to be talking some heavy crap here on WandaVision. We're going to be breaking down the last three episodes, five through seven. So don't go anywhere. This is the spoiler alert. Danger. You are about to enter a PopX spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is... No return. You have been warned. All right, you have been warned. WandaVision 5, 6, and 7. Holy cow. Before we dive in to the nitty-gritty of this, raise your hand if the song is still stuck in your head. Which one? WandaVision. No, the one at the end, silly goo. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's been taking the internet by storm. I've heard so many <laughs> comments and posts about how they can't get the song out of their head. So can, yeah. let's carry on. We'll get to that. No, wait a minute. What song I'm are sure. we talking about? Is this the one at the end of seven? Agatha. Oh, oh my gosh. Agatha. The Monster Saint theme song. And for anybody that's listening that wants to get that earworm permanently stuck in your head, we did look it up the other day. It is on Spotify. So you oh can just gosh. repeat that sucker all Already? day long if you want. Yes. That is hilarious. Man, it ain't even been Josh, a week yet. My husband looked it up because he was, he's like, oh, I bet you that's not even on Spotify yet. I was like, look it up. I bet you it is. <laughs> and it, was it sure Agatha. enough was. All alone. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to be talking about, uh, let's see here. Let's dive in on a very special episode. That was the 80s episode. Uh, that was the episode, um, so much craziness. I mean, I think 80s, the 80s episode was really nice. A lot of great nods, uh, obviously, to the decade. And uh, some very th- weird things started happening in terms of the actual bubble itself in the 80s. And we started seeing things growing and things going crazy. And uh, so then it kind of moved into the Halloween spooktacular and for me, I, I want to say that the Halloween Spooktacular show was definitely the turning point in the show when things really started kind of getting more real. Like mm-hmm. Vision, Vision, we, we learned this entire time that Vision is very much aware of what's not, going on. He's not buying it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I feel in the first few episodes he was, he was into Wanda, uh, Wanda's, oh, oh, Agatha's. Wanda's spell. I mean, yeah, yeah, no. you can't say Wanda now. Um, <laughs> but he he knows and he he has the ability now to wake up people in the middle of all of this. And 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 
I just love that that one scene um, in in the spectacular where, and this is before we found out that it was Agatha that Agatha mm-hmm. was was to blame, and he wakes her up, and you know she, it's just this weird uh, communication back and forth, and being able, and he walks out into the force field, and that's when we realize that he can't live outside of Wanda's hex, and he mm-hmm. starts disintegrating yeah. right on the spot. Oh, that was like heart wrenching. It was crazy, that. right? It was, it was very, very heart wrenching. And, and Darcy was like, "Aren't you going to do something?" Yeah, we've yeah. seen this guy die how many times? And to see him die again, <laughs> yeah, I'm at it to the real. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> Poor Vision, man. Let's just kill the kill yeah. the droid, the android. Hey, nobody will care. Yeah. Anyway, but then we kind of the cliffhanger of that was you know Vision Vision was on the edge of the thing, and and then Wanda's pushing the boundary out. And then um, she realizes that she is in control, and she increases, excuse me, the size of the hex beyond the perimeter of where the sword complex was. And then the, magically, the sword complex turns into a circus, which is crazy. And uh, wow. then that leads us into this week's uh, one with breaking the fourth wall, which is more of the the office style uh, setup where they're looking directly at the camera, talking, and and there's this crazy like interview, like you know, conversation with, with Wanda and Vision. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But all along, there's these things going on in the background that just are really, especially Monica Rambeau's character, specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, she had a lot of development over the last A lot of development. Yes. And, you know, I want to I pause for a minute. Let's talk about Monica. Um, we we know Monica Rambeau is, is Spectrum in the comics. We know that. And that her abilities at some point were going to have to come, whether it be some kind of mutational rift or mm-hmm. some kind of teleportation through the multiverse or some kind of serum or whatever she was going to get. Mm. She eventually is going to become Spectrum. And this past week, man, we got to see that whole process. And we knew we got a tease of it in last week's episode on the Halloween Spectacular that every time Monica goes in and out of the, the spell, the hex, that her code, her DNA is completely rewritten. And so yeah, I'm going to pause and found that on the laptop, right? Right. Lab right. Everything is, cash. everything is. In, and, and then speaking of the laptop, Darcy broke into Hayward's laptop and was like, Hayward is doing everything he can to get Vision's body back. That's we right. still don't yeah. know what that is. They're tracking him. Yeah. They're tracking him. He's got a, he's got a beacon on him and they're tracking his movements in and out of, of the hex, which is crazy. But, um, Austin, uh, up to this point, like let's let's talk specifically the last two episodes, the Halloween and the Breaking the Fourth Wall. What have been some of the huge takeaways that you personally have seen or have gotten away with um, from from these two episodes? Have you watched? Well, it, mostly the Easter eggs, I think, are the things that are getting us most excited for each episode following. Right, so we got the Evan Peters setup, and then we explored who he was and realized. Well, he actually has Pietro's memories, right? Right. But then that sets up the Agnes reveal when we learn mm-hmm. that she was actually controlling him all along. Right. Yeah, that was super or is confusing. She, right? Yeah, so now we're fi- trying to figure out, because we saw that post credits scene, not like, to go too far. Real? but yeah. Is he fake? Is he, and, you know? And now there is the idea that maybe he is Agatha Harkness's son in the comics, and he's just putting on the facade of a Quicksilver or she could have plucked that Quicksilver from uh, uh, the multiverse because Aaron Taylor Johnson's body has obviously decayed by now. So yes. we need a Quicksilver. Let's grab this one. So the the possibilities, but that's what I love about this show is that each episode 
possibilities are mm. endless. And then we have Monica Rambeau set up, and everybody keeps talking about, well, this is leading right into Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. Also leading right into Captain Marvel, too. It is. Because this is a full-on origin story for a superhero. And oh, yeah. I, may I say, one of the coolest origin stories I've seen for a character in the MCU, that scene where she's going through, trudging, and her face is shifting, and you see the spectrum of colors once she gets in, which is super cool. Um, I think she's a B.A. character. Yeah, I man. really do. And I am yeah. so excited to see uh, what she does in Captain Marvel 2. And did anybody see when she's going through, if you pause it at the right point, when you see the, the multiple versions of Rambo, like, you know, her, she's in different outfits. If you look on the back right side, she is in a white outfit with blue trim. Mm. That is her oh, Spectrum yeah, comic. Sure. So you can oh, actually, really? see, uh, uh, yeah, pause it. So when uh, she's going through there and you can see the multiple versions of. of we're talking about the Easter eggs. You have to freeze every frame to oh, get you have out to. of each episode. You have it's to. crazy. You know, me and Austin had a really good discussion too uh, last week yeah. on his on his live stream about is Mephisto really a part of this? Is he really? It's been up and up in the air of dude, a question, and everybody thinks that everything that moves that isn't explained is Mephisto. Yeah. So I don't know if yes. it's just them toying with us or if it's just something that we're making up in our own minds, which is probably part of the aspect. Of well, even in this week's episode, when 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 Wanda goes down to Agatha's crypt. If you will, um, there's even like oh, demonic okay. horn things. What's on... with the book? Can we talk about the book? Yes, please. Yeah. Can we the, talk about book the book is is Darkhold. If, is that right? Is that right? Is well, it? when someone pulled a screenshot from Doctor Strange when he's in the it's the missing book, and there is a missing book. Well, he even talked That's about it. Missing. There was a reference in Doctor Strange, like <laughs> yes. somebody stole the book or something like that. And yeah, it's the pages a, that he pulled out and were in the other book, those are pages from this book, which is, again, something that should theoretically point toward Mephisto as a character. Yeah. So I'm still holding on to that theory that he exists. Is it Blackheart? Is that what I'm trying to think of? Blackheart? Shoot. There's so many characters mm -hmm. that, I mean, this is there's just. Nightmare. Well, there's I've seen, I've seen Nightmare, Nightmare, and I've seen yes. Mephisto, Mephisto come up a lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sitting here wondering, though, right now, and I, I can, man, I hate to say this, and I didn't say this on your stream, and I got to thinking about it, and mm -hmm. um, what if, what if we get up to the last episode, and I'm talking number nine, and the enemy is revealed at that point, and it oh. will go straight on into Doctor Strange at that point, oh. and we don't even get the battle that we're wanting we, I'm telling you, if there's cliffhangers in I'm, this last episode, I'm throwing. I'm stuff telling you, I'm telling you right now. I think WandaVision is a setup for an upcoming battle. Yeah, yeah. Doctor They're Strange. not going to have a battle on a television show. They're going to save that for the silver screen. They're going to save that for well, the big. Well, Wanda's not even. A, it's not a cameo. She is a significant role in Doctor Strange. She ha, she is the co lead of the movie. So yeah. you know. Whatever happens here is going to lead right into Doctor Strange. And it what better to. way to do it? There is also, though, I will say, there is a gap week between Episode 9 and Falcon and Winter Soldier. There is an empty week. So my question is, could there be a secret 10th episode? Because I don't like the number 9. I noticed you've been saying either. that. I noticed you've been um, saying that on your show, that there's a, could uh, be a... Have you heard resources from resources or... There, there was a rumor. Well, it actually wasn't a rumor. One of the outlets for Disney said in a statement, blah, 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 will appear in episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10. 
And they were just talking, I think they were talking about just a side character or something, oh. maybe Woo or something like that. And everybody goes, Woo, hold ten? up. What? Ten. ten. Yeah, and everybody goes, ten. And so people think it was either a mistake mm. or just a slip so, up. So um, while we're talking about Monica for a second, who is the astrophysicist person oh, that she texted? You're, you're killing let's, me here. Let's talk about this because... It's Ray Richards! Please be John Krasinski. Well, Please. according to um, John, he doesn't know he's cast yet. So you can only hope that yeah. that call has been made. Well, in the last few well days. actually, Lindsay, let me back you up. A year ago, John Krasinski was in Kevin Feige's office discussing possible well, plans for things. I mean, I'm not trying to shoot down the dream because he, I'm right there with you, buddy. He, he documented that. Just as much as everyone else. That was documented on Twitter that he was with Feige discussing possible plans. Now, nothing hit that conversation went cold after that. Yeah, And so yeah. we don't know. But what we do know is Paul Bettany had tweeted, um, I think a few weeks ago, he's like, the uh, the big reveal coming up as an actor that I've always wanted to work with. Yes. And that's as close to the quote as I believe I can get. That's It's along that, not verbatim, but um, so, uh, um, who is the actor? To play well, devil's advocate, and let's pretend that we're not pulling in some um, fantastic <laughs> for goodness. Are there any yeah. other astrophysicists yes. on the uh, Rolodex that we could be calling. Uh, it would be uh, Hank uh, B- Beast mm-hmm. from uh, yep. Beast Man from X-Men. Uh, Blue Marvel. Blue Marvel. Uh, Shuri from uh, Wakanda. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shuri. As uh, uh, Talos's daughter from uh, Captain Marvel, the, um, uh, the, the the aliens from that movie, Ben Mendelsohn's character, his daughter, who was her age, Monica's age at the time, the I she's actually an engineer in yep. the comic. Yes, I believe you are so right. I, isn't Ironheart as well, Riri? Um, isn't she yeah, on the intellectual maybe, side maybe. as well? She could. That could very well be her. Uh, also, an actor that somebody did some research. So he's worked with Ian McKellen. He's worked with a lot of these. He's never worked with Patrick Stewart. Really? No. And it's somebody he hasn't worked with. And he said, my whole life. And to me, that's like. Well, could we see Patrick Stewart come through the portal as Charles Xavier? You know, Patrick Stewart had a meeting with Kevin Feige. No, wait a minute. Bumps. Back up a minute. I would have goosebumps. When did when did Ke- when did Stewart talk to? When, I didn't. Stewart had a meeting with Feige, I believe, two years ago, and this was right after Logan. But Stewart came out of the meeting saying, "I was happy with the way my character went out in Logan, so they, the talks didn't go anywhere." Mm-hmm. According to sources. Interesting. So, <laughs> did they go anywhere? Did they go anywhere? Uh, well, so, you know, there is, I mean, we're, we're setting up a lot of things here, and I just don't believe that it's Agatha. I don't believe that Agnes, no, I don't, I don't believe she's it's... She's never been the villain. She's always been the... An antagonist? The, the henchman yeah, of the, sorts. She's yes. kind of the antagonist the, the character. number two. But who is controlling her is what I want to know. And who the heck is, is Pietro? I mean, um, well, another great point I think is is important bringing up. Someone, multiple people have brought this up on Twitter. Is apparently the character of Mephisto, and we don't know if he's banned. Okay. But apparently, China is considering not allowing that character to enter their theaters. So when you have something like that, and China is, I think at this point the biggest box Such office location market. in the world. Yeah, I, I think. If Marvel's smart, they're not going to use the character of Mephisto. So would they substitute a character like a Nightmare? So that that's the only thing keeping me from going full-on Mephisto is if that rumor is true. Now, we 
could just be some people talking, but if that rumor is true, would they want to risk box office in China? The answer is no. But I mean, is that is is that plausible? Is that information plausible? Because China has some of the most demonic characters in their manga I've ever seen in yeah. my life. I mean, it would not yeah. make sense. It sounds like to me that's probably just some kind of made up jargon. Because well, they wouldn't really? let Deadpool. They wouldn't let Deadpool play at their box office because of certain things in the movie. It's there's a list. If you go look at the list of movies that aren't allowed, I think The Dark Knight wasn't allowed to play in China. There's a list yeah, of movies of you movies. would you would not think in a million years. That are not interesting. To play in China. Yeah, it's fascinating. That is very interesting. Did um, you guys love the um, the Halloween costume? Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, I so mean, bad. yeah, I mean, we're, yes, we're looking at it right now. Actually, uh, the, our viewers are looking at the show card right now of Scarlet Witch and, and Vision in their retro attire. So I mean, good. that is just so good, dude. And you know, I heard, I was reading in an, in an interview that um, Elizabeth Olsen actually fought for Scarlet Witch's outfit. They weren't originally going to do it. They were going to do like a version of it, but not with the headdress um, and the cowl that she's wearing. Oh, you've got to do it. You have to. And This is like the perfect opportunity to homage that. That's <laughs> Alex Lopez in the chat room. The cameos. Peter Griffin. Peter. <laughs> Peter. Peter. Peter Griffin, yeah. Um, but, you know, we're talking, we're talking... Uh, the 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 finale of this. We only have two episodes left, theoretically, um, and so we're we're wondering who the the astro aeroscience space engineer is. I believe, and I kind of looking at the thing on this past week's episode of Monica getting into this capsule, this vehicle, and she's looking and she's putting on the suit. Dude, that suit looks like freaking Fantastic Four type stuff. Yes. Because it does. if you go back, you know the Fantastic Four movie they made in 2015 that kind of flopped. It looks yeah. like the suits that kind of like the suits that they wore yeah. in that film when they all went through the the solar storm that gave them their powers. Mm -hmm. um, and even that scene was reminiscent of the Fantastic Four. She's was, going through the, the force field, and that's how she gets her power. It was, I'm like, if this isn't Fantastic Four, I don't know what is, man. It man, was all just like... But I'm, I'll be honest with you. I think at this point, and, and, and I want to hear Lindsay and and maybe Mike's. Mike, you can come in on this conversation. You don't have to hide behind an image. Don't hide. He's hiding. I would love to have his. <laughs> there he is. Hi, Mike. Joe, I want to dive into your fan theory, too, before we wrap up today. Okay, we can dive into my fan theory. Um, so we were talking um, the finality of all this and, and, and how it's. I would be happy. If it's one of the two, if it's if it's Reed Richards or Beast, I would be really happy if it was either of those. I, I mean, yeah. honestly, you're bringing in the Fox properties either way, if you think yeah. about it. Yes. So, yes. so Mike, what? Do you, I mean, who do you think is this big bad that everybody's alluding to? Do you feel it's Mephisto, or do you think that's just like, nah, something else? Probably at this point, probably not. I think it's going to be, you know, somebody big, um, you know, as far as the the physicist I'm, I'm hoping reed richards i hope in some some kind of form shape or name drop agreed you know, something to that effect um yeah i think after watching uh this, the last episode i don't think uh uh agatha harkness is is going to be you know the final villain i think some yeah. is going to be a big one and it's going to come probably within the last five or seven minutes of the final episode and, you know, the theory of going right into the movie where we're going to have to wait a year and a half, I feel that's what's going to end up happening. So I'm kind of preparing myself for that already. 
we were just talking about that too, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Is I, I kind of feel that there's not going to be the battle in one division. One division is going to be the setup for the battle, yeah. because I mean, you you would have to think about it. Look at the production cost to set up some kind of, you know, just the casting and the scoring and then the cinematography and the CGI. Uh, that's not going to happen in this show. I don't. I do not feel it. But I believe by the time we hit episode nine, we will see the reveal of the character. And we will know going into Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness that the crap's about to hit the fan, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, what did you think about Monica Rambeau's transition into Spectrum? What What was your thoughts on seeing a character evolve into a mutant, essentially? Well, uh, watching you nearly flip off right of your chair, that was, you know, that was what about um, I, I didn't see it coming, like, right away, and then I guess as a... You know, I knew it was coming in one of the episodes, but then just to see her, you know, transport between and then to see the mm-hmm. the overlay of the different, you know, uh, costumes and go, okay, well, here it comes. Oh. And then as soon as she come out with the, 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 uh, the blue eyes and going, okay, oh, there we go. And, that's it. And I knew I was right because you were yelling. <laughs> <laughs> well, you knew it was right because I was yelling. <laughs> <laughs> but there was the one part which I, I kind of, to me, I, I I don't know. The first thing I thought it was like a quick Iron Man throwback, is mm. where Wanda had her up in the air and they went to throw her down, and when she yeah. landed, she put her fist down. Superhero landing. Yeah, superhero landing. Yeah, it was so cool. Okay. I don't well, know. I mean, I was going to say, Mike. I don't know if you can find that image of Monica going through the oh the stretch out the stretch out, but at the end of that is her costume and and I, if you can find it you can if you can don't don't sweat it mike um well, i do i do have a couple of questions sure. with the hex in general okay cuz we already discussed that this is a one season show it's not continuing yes the hex continues and as we know from the comic book knowledge the only reason why it comes down is because she's basically like her kids have been taken from her. So right now the kids have disappeared into the basement. We don't know yeah. what's going to happen to them. We know from comic book knowledge that they got absorbed into Mephisto because they are kind of a part of him. So it's They're a fragment really of his a soul. Challenge mm-hmm. Telling the story of Mephisto without Mephisto. So um, I would like to know what the heck's going to happen to them. And if they're still in existence, the hex is still going to be up. Um, how is that going to come to a close without having that come to a close? Well, I think the book is the answer. I think the book mm, is yeah. the answer. I think the book is going to be the answer. And I'm not ruling, you know, Are at they this literally going to close the book on one division. That is so cheesy. Well, I don't think that <laughs> WandaVision can't continue in its form that it's in. It'll have to right. continue on the big screen and you'll have to well. see the culmination of what happens after that. And that's, I mean, that's. I wouldn't be shocked if in episode nine you see Benedict Cumberbatch walking out, and oh, and like. I think that's that is in one hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I think there's no way you don't leading right into. Yeah, that. and it, you have to set it up, and I do believe, you know, it's, it's it's very possible that Mephisto still could be in this, but everybody's waiting to see him, but yeah. we may not see him right away in the way that yeah. we want to see him. And uh, that's just and, – and let's talk about Hayward for a minute. Lindsay, uh, yes. you had asked me – you wanted me to ask about I that. Re- I read your little 
knowledge bomb <laughs> and it made perfect sense. And I was like, oh my God, that's genius and a um, little creepy. So you got to share it. Um, yeah. So I think Austin and I had talked about this a little bit um, as well, and just in text back and forth, but I didn't get to share this. Did I share this on your live stream last week? I don't week? believe so. I don't think I don't think so. Think no. so. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I was pulling out some books, okay? And I was going through some of my comics. These are specifically 92 and 91 Avengers. And in in some of those comics, and I, I believe as recently as a cartoon that was made in 2015 or something like that, Ooh. Ultron took on the form of a government agent. Yeah, he put yes. on he put on the shell of a human to look like a human. And yeah. you know, Hayward is one of those characters that we have not seen. There's no backstory. There's no backstory we don't know who he him. is. Up until WandaVision, we don't even know who this guy and is and where he Darcy came from. Think he's sketchy AF. Yeah, sketchy. And also, too, the fact that on his laptop at Darcy Hacked, he is tracking every move of Vision. And guess yep. what? I went back and watched Age of Ultron today just to have a refresher. And Ultron, his goal was to be in physical form and Vision. Yes. And he said, and I quote Ultron, upon this rock, I will build my church. Talking about vibranium. Yeah. What is... What is Ultron? What is Vision made of? Vibranium. Vibranium. And so I believe, now this is a big stretch, but it's very plausible. I believe Hayward is Ultron in disguise. I believe an essence, a remnant of Ultron escaped to the internet or somewhere in the online realm and has been dormant, waiting for its moment. And then when Vision's body was killed at the end of Endgame and Infinity War, I believe that Ultron somehow was like engaged, found that information out through the World Wide Web, and manifested himself into the character of Hayward. This is my hypothesis. This is not anybody else's hypothesis. But I believe that we may have dualities here, and it will be awesome it's just weird though when you go to Google.com and you type in WandaVision so cast. Did. did you really? Uh, if you go yeah, to Google.com, he is cast as the voice of Ultron. Strange. And then I believe Austin even said um, last on your on your thing last week, he was getting ready to film. A, he was off a week of the blacklist filming so he yes. could go and record some project, and nobody knows what the project is because it's yeah. a non-disclosure yeah. agreement. Yes, it was while it was while WandaVision well, was filming. While WandaVision was filming. I was yeah. even trying to think back on all of the previous episodes and be like, well, did we hear Ultron's voice anywhere? Yeah. In any of the previous explanations? Because, you know, they kind of been like, well, how did Wanda acquire Vision's body and all this stuff? And mm -hmm. I was like, there's nothing that mentions him whatsoever. Nothing that mentions him. And he is not even mentioned in the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he is nowhere. This guy is manifested out of nothing. But yet he's on the cast list. Friends. But yet he's on the cast list. And it's amazing because when you when you think about a character, it would be so crazy as if we get to episode nine and Hayward is transformed into the robotic version of Ultron. And mm -hmm. we find out not only there all right, so look at the um oh. look at the one in the in the forward. Uh you'll see the one on the left, you'll see kind of the headdress that looks like Captain Marvel. Can you see it on the left-hand yeah. side, right in her face? Wow. Yep. She's got the she's got the mask on. And here's a factoid a lot of people may not know about Spectrum. You ready for this? She got her powers long before Carol Danvers got hers. Yeah, in the, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, if That's you think true. about it, Spectrum would be the Justice Society to the Justice League of Carol Danvers. 
they're switching it up here. Yeah. They're switching it up. And so it's really interesting because in, a, in essence, Monica Rambeau and Captain Marvel almost have the same exact power that they can control. It's, it's energy that they can control. Yeah. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Captain Marvel is Photon or um, uh, what is it? Shoot. Well, actually, that's funny. I said Photon. That's photon is a nickname to Spectrum in the comics. Yeah. That's her is. nickname. Yeah. Photon. Photon. So uh, you think about that. But here's the wild thing. In Captain Marvel 2, you're going to have Monica Rambeau and Captain Marvel and together. Marvel. And Miss Marvel. Yeah. She's cast too. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> That's a lot of power. In one That's movie. a lot of power. Thank oh you, Mike, for pulling that up, dude. That, that, I really appreciate that. Yeah. But, um, you know, you think about... All right, so we, we've seen these three episodes, and I, I do believe that uh, the Halloween Spooktacular and Breaking the Fourth Wall are by far one, some of the greatest achievements in the, in the show that we've seen so far. Mike, what is your take on it? I mean, how do you feel... Do you, do you feel that we're going to kind of be left on a cliffhanger or do you think all everything's going to be answered in episode nine? What is your take? I think going into, since this is going directly into Dr. Strange, I, I don't think we're going to get a resolution to this. I think if they're leaving that for the movie uh, and like you said before, the, the, the production budget, you know, for this to have a big, you know, big fight with, uh, you know, major characters, you know, would be astronomical. I mean, yeah. considering how much money they put into the CG already for this show, you know, I'm sure that it's definitely going to be, it's going to come to a point where it's just going to just stop and then you'll be just continue. You'll be like maybe, I I'm hoping for some kind of end credit scene where maybe Doctor Strange would show up in an end credit scene mm. and then that would just turn right into, mm. right into yeah. madness. That, I, I think see, that, that seems realistic. That seems very realistic. Very safe. Um. I, I definitely like that. And see, even John Parfenbarger over in the room, he says, definite cliffhanger. He said, Isn't, they're not going to give you an answer right here. They're not going to have a, a big battle with the, the, the big thing we may get out of this will be the reveal of this aerospace engineer. Yeah. That yeah. cameo is coming up, and I have a feeling it's going to be an episode now. The battle's going to be me and my furniture in the living room <laughs> with a cliffhanger. Lindsay's about to destroy some stuff. He's <laughs> about to go down WWE style <laughs> in my house. Well, a couple of a, a couple of quick little nuggets that I think are very interesting talking about Doctor Strange. So, one, we know that Sam Raimi is directing it, director of the Spider-Man trilogy. True. Which, Multiverse of Madness, do we have another character as one of the main leads? Do we have a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? That's been a little bit of a rumor popping yeah. up. And also because he brought in Danny Elfman, the composer, who also composed... Spider-Man. Spider Wait, Sam too. Raimi is composing the score to Doctor Sam Sp Raimi brought in Dan Danny Elfman, who so that's the combo, right? That's the oh exact combination gosh. that Mr. we got with the Spider-Man trilogy. It is. So, and do you remember in Spider-Man Two? I'm going crazy when <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson said Doctor Octopus, no Doctor Strange. It's taken. Do you remember that when he was having that yes. back and forth yes. with yes. his assistants, Doctor Strange? It's taken. What does that mean? I know this was all the way back in 2004, but it's such a nugget. And then to bring in Sam Raimi and then to bring in Danny Elfman, wow. the exact same people that brought us Spider-Man, and it's called Multiverse of Madness. I think Spider-Man's going to be involved. And then another rumor that we got uh, actually today, I don't know if you guys saw this, but this was actually talked about by some big people on Twitter. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is being looked at as Invisible Woman in Fantastic. Oh, I heard about that too. 
heard about really? not Emily Blunt, Jennifer Lawrence. Really? Like, what, is, what is Darcy's role going to be inside the heck? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. Because she's hmm. very aware of everything going on, and oh, she's yes. one of the only ones in there that doesn't have superpowers. Do you think well, she's going to be kind of a support team for Vision? Maybe. Well, her and Vision are the only two. That, well, Agatha. Well, if you include Agatha, and no, all, we, we got to talk about uh, Pietro, too. I think yeah. all four of those are in the know, inside of the hex, in the spell. I wonder if Darcy's going to be kind of like the Vision's going to zap the people and she's going to let my people go, kind oh, of Moses yeah. out of the hex sort of thing. That's good. Like that's a mess. That's yeah. my theory. I just made um, that up just now. So. I, I do believe this is going to be, <laughs> I, I do like this combination of Darcy and Vision, though. Yeah, it's great. Kind of running around Westview, uh, you know, helping out people and stuff like that. Um, but I, I go back to to my what I said earlier. I do believe the answers are in the book. The book that they, there there was a reason they focused in on that shot. There's shot. a reason that we see that. And if you pause the some of the frames, magic purple, right? You know, I, I mean, everywhere. it lets us know that that um, Agnes is in control of everything. And, um, but my question is who is controlling Agnes and what is the motive <laughs> behind her holding the book that was in Dr. Strange's uh, crypt over on, uh, you know, Bleecker Street. So you think about all that and it, there's just, uh, your, your brain just literally melts. Well, she, she also continues to mention her husband, Ralph. She's mentioned him. It feels like every line of dialogue. Ra Ralph, Ralph, Ralph is going to turn into the bad dude. Yes. That's what I think too. Whoever yeah. it is. The There's a reason he's being mentioned. Yeah. Yes, multiple times. Yeah. And so Ralph, Mephesto never had an actual human name because he was always a god. He's a demigod. Yeah. So, right. um, but what I was going to say, in, in, in certain scenes of the crypt, if you pause um, as, as it's kind of doing the panorama, there's like um, uh, the, the goat-horned looking uh, yeah. structures that is yeah. very innocent reminiscent of a devil um, or an evil, you know, demon or whatever you want to call it. I do feel whatever it's going to be, it's either going to be Nightmare or it's going to be Mephisto. Uh, it's going to be crazy. And I think it's, personally, I, I'm kind of rooting for the Mephisto kind of rap because I really want to see some kind of demonic entity go up against Doctor Strange. I think that would be pretty freaking awesome. Wow. But he already had did that really with Dormammu. Yeah, I was um, say, he got some horns with Dormammu for sure. Dormammu was the destruction devour. No, that's Galactus's devour worlds. Dormammu um, was basically uh, a summoner, somebody that was summoned to devour a world. Well, so. I, I think it's important too because Marvel tends to like to distinguish their villains, right? So mm -hmm. in Doctor Strange, Dormammu in the comics is red, but for some reason they chose to make him this rainbow-colored entity and everybody Spectrum was looking. Yeah. Why would they change up the color scheme? Well, maybe it's because they knew they were doing Mephisto eventually, so they're going to keep they the red the color for him for yeah. that character. That's, yeah. that's a good um, possibility. Have you guys I, I we're still getting the commercials every episode. Are you guys still on the track oh, of well, maybe representing did you, did, power stones or anything yes. crazy like that? Did you get the Nexus? Did around? anybody get the Nexus connection? Yeah, they went from was it, was it reality? Was that the Nexus or was it, was it time? There was power for the toaster, time for the watch, and then there was yeah. the soap. What was the soap? I don't remember. 
I, whatever it was, I know they've matched it up because I, I had this discussion with someone the other the day. The, there was the, which one was the paper towels? Was that like reality? Because you can kind of rewrite it. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, I was just curious if you guys had thought any further on, on any of those. Because well, it kind of got overshadowed by the gigantic storyline, it which obviously it it's supposed to. So yeah. the ones that you're talking about, the ne the the stones, the Nexus was the one specifically one that did not mention a stone specifically. Because I think the no. first six, Nexus, if you know your comic canon, is the convergence point to all the multiverses in Marvel. So you think about all the mini portals in the multiverses in the Marvel, and it just in Marvel, think about comics right now, not MCU, um, yeah. where all the multiverses connect the crossroads in the comics, specifically in the X-Men realm, that was called the Nexus. So essentially, if you think about it, um, Mr. Fan, not Mr. Fantastic. Oh, the medicine. That was the. That yeah, was the medicine, the really pills, the Nexus like, pills. Yeah. Yes. And so the Nexus is a direct reference bomb to a multiverse uh, okay. coming. And, and the Nexus, um, I'm trying to remember, it was, um, hold on a minute. It is Professor X who talks to his mutants about the <laughs> Nexus. So, um, yes. There you go. I want to know what the significance of the, the same actor in the commercial. That's got to be something. Yes. It's interesting. Maybe maybe they're being controlled as well to do these commercials. Yeah. Some people are saying it could be her parents because um, it's been the same guy and the same girl in, in every commercial, and a lot of it's about her childhood and her upbringing and Nexus, oh. obviously, like her trauma. So, mm. so she recreated her parents? Yeah, I think that, I think that would be an interesting little... Uh, That's but again, dark. She, they're not actually her parents in the comics because she's an orphan because of Magneto. So. Yes, she is. Her and Quicksilver are the children of Magneto. Yes. Um, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. That would be, be uh, Bilbo. Bilbo. <laughs> we could go all night with all these crazy stuff, but I love just bringing up those key points that I know we talked about some of these last time. I wanted to bring them back up and see mm -hmm. if anything had changed since then. So. No, I, I think uh, everything's on point. I feel like we just find uh, tiny answers to tiny questions that just make bigger questions. So it's yeah. like a snowball effect. Of I think all four of us happening. can probably agree, though, to some extent that we can we we can agree that we're going to get something at the end of this. And we're probably going to get a reveal of a character that's going to come in from a different franchise. We're kind of expecting that, uh, you know, whether it be X-Men or whatever. Uh, it'd be great if it was Hugh Jackman. Um, or could be Deadpool. What if Deadpool just came through that thing? It was like, hey guys, Chili Chungus. I think it'll be Austin's friend with the Wolverine costume. Oh, that'd be great. I think it'd be oh, awesome. You see me show up as Cap, watch out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Plastic knives. Duct man. Plastic knives aplenty, right? Um, <laughs> I'm going to slice you with my spork. Um, <laughs> That's America's duct tape. <laughs> That's America's. Oh shoot! There's something wrong with us. All right, we we went 20 minutes over here, guys. Yeah. But um, I do believe wrapping this up, this conversation, I I, I kind of feel that now that I'm getting more thinking about it as we're talking about it, we're not going to get a battle here with an enemy. We're getting a setup for an enemy, yeah. and I think it's going to be a great setup. And I don't be shocked by episode nine if you you get there and they reveal who it is, who's responsible for all the craziness. And then that's where they leave it. 
Oh. And that's going to suck because it's going to leave us a year waiting for the battle to happen. And well, we can all cry and on each other's shoulders oh, the next time. Many tears will be wrap shed. Up this series together. Yeah, but the good thing is, yell at me in the comment section. <laughs> Why? What did you do? <laughs> Why did you break Whatever. it, Austin? It's all your so fault. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but you know what the cool thing is about all of this, though, that even even with the Pop X fam here, just a week after WandaVision ends, we get Falcon and Winter Soldier. So the hype and the conversation yeah. is going to continue even through the summer. Yeah. So we're so excited to be able to do that. But, uh, man, what a great discussion on WandaVision. I mean, we've unpacked yeah. a lot of crazy crap today. We have everything from Ultron, Hayward, and Spectrum, and, you know, and the <laughs> chat's blowing up over here. Rabbit's going to be Galactus. Oh, my God. Galactus. <laughs> Dude, a giant Rabbit. hand. A giant hand coming out of the portal with a silver surfer. <laughs> Maybe the rabbit's Mephisto. <laughs> no, you know what? We're all being set up. It's Howard the Duck. Howard oh, the Duck. That, that would be hilarious. Oh that would be, but not the Howard the Duck that we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy. The one that uh, Steve uh, Steven Spielberg made back in the yes. I want more the crappy Howard puppet the Duck sex scenes. Yeah, that's what I want. Especially oh, with uh, uh, Thompson. Oh, Thompson there. That'd be great. Oh, From the Guardians movie, look like you can use a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking a pancake. Seth Green. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up, man. We have literally done, um, oh my gosh, we have done a, yeah, 70 minute show. Well, 80 minute show. Oh. Holy cow. Oh. That's crazy. Can't so, contain good content. I mean, I'm telling right. you, you can't keep a good, you can't keep a good team down. Let's but, wrap um, it up, boys. Mike, thanks for hanging with us. I'll see you in the multiverse that is Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. <laughs> you shall. All righty. But uh, let's wrap this thing up here, Austin Burke. Why don't you take us out? All right. I'm Austin Burke at the Burkinator. You can search and find me <laughs> on the Internet. Uh, we're part of a newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse for uh, more great media content, artwork, and more. Uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Creative Multiverse. If you are creative, produce content, or have talent like I don't, uh, we want to see it and would like for you to share it with us in the multiverse. Delicious. Austin belongs in the multiverse. Don't you dare yeah. let him. Just his underwear and that outfit he wore. That Captain well, uh, America. While outfit. we're still trying to find Austin in the multiverse, you might as well just connect with us on social media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and Pinterest, and every other social media network you could probably think of. All at the same hashtag or handle. There's not a hashtag. At PopXCast. Uh, send all your comments and suggestions to us via email if you so choose. At PopXCast at gmail.com. And for future and past shows, visit our official website, www.popxcast.com. Great Scott Marty. Great Scott. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> all righty, guys. I am Joseph Burke at Joseph Burke Arts all over social media. Of course, hats off to the amazing, always wonderfully talented Team Pop X for coming and hanging out with us tonight. I mean, the assemblage continues here. Uh, four weeks, four episodes strong. You guys are kicking some butt tonight, man. I'm telling you. Yes. It's been, a, it's been a blast. Yes, it has. But you know what? It's going to be a blast in two more weeks when we, on episode 117. We continue this shindig and we talk about the finale of WandaVision. 
bring your oh popcorn and your theories. Holy your cow. Own. And then also, too, on the same episode, we will be doing that week's retro rewind of the never-ending story. So you guys get ready. We're going to be talking about two great uh, things that we're watching in cinema. One, a movie. On a show, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for you guys to. Um, I promise you, I like this movie. I, well, it's okay. No, no, no <laughs> nobody's hating. And I want to say hello to, over to the uh, chat room, uh, Jeff Poffenbarger, Chase Lopez, uh, Gerald Morgan. You guys are just doing freaking awesome. Thanks yes, for that. Thank you, thank you for interacting with us while we're live. We really appreciate the input and your your nuggets that you also drop. And there. I appreciate everyone's nuggets, no matter how big or how small they are. I just want Thank you to know that I like your nuggets. And also, <laughs> click on that subscribe button and make sure you click on the notification bell so when we go live, you get the little ding on your mobile device like, hey, my buddies at PopX, they're live right now. I think I should watch, go and watch their show. So check on that. Hit the subscribe button. We will thank you guys so much. Everybody saying great job on the retro we want. Thanks, Darth Bach. I appreciate Aww. that. All right, so we'll see you in two weeks right here on PopX Casts. And so take care. And uh, keep downloading and enjoy WandaVision. Man, what a great show. We are out of here as soon as I can find the file. Because I'm just sitting here looking at my screen and I don't know really know where the file is because I got so excited that I lost my audio files. No, actually, I didn't lose my audio files, but I'm just wanting to continue this on because I was watching Austin's live stream today. We could. I was watching Austin's live stream today and he just literally just talking randomly for five minutes. (laughs) All right, anyway. Take care. We'll see you next time right here on Pop X Cat. Thanks for listening to Pop X Cast. As you're enjoying listening or viewing our shows, please consider clicking on the subscribe button to our feed and click the get notifications buttons so you don't miss out on great future content. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pop X Cast. And on Instagram, at popxcast and be sure to drop us an email anytime at popxcast at gmail.com for more great content check out the creative multiverse where science art and imagination come together with artistic talents the creative multiverse can be found on facebook groups under the same name we'll see you next time get your geek on (laughs) 